Happy New Year! Well, everybody, earthquakes hit central Japan on New Year's Day 2024. As the world continues to pray for the Japanese people, we at Edge of Wonder decided to honor the rich cultural history of legends and supernatural events that go back far into Japan's past, and it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, ever heard of cryptids like the evil dragon of Lake Ashinoko or mysterious encounters on Mount Fuji? Or how about myths, monsters, and traditional folklore? There's a lot to be amazed about when it comes to this island nation. Join us as we discuss the Colonel Sanders curse, whether dogmen have been spotted in Japan, or a variation of, and the true history of geisha performers that Western societies have generally misunderstood. Let's highlight all the positive, strange, and interesting facts most foreigners, like us, never knew about Japanese history. So we'll see you out on the edge. And if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And also remember to like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff on wherever you're watching us. How you doing there, Ben? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and Happy New Year to everyone watching. I hope you had a good New Year's. Yeah, the uh, yeah the New Year has already started off pretty crazy with a I... earthquake that's rocked central Japan on New Year's Day, killing at least fifty-five and causing widespread destruction and chaos. Yeah, are these is anything about this related to these weird mini tsunamis hitting California? I, I'm, that? I'm, I, 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 well, actually there's been some earthquakes all over the world, uh, including in New York, even though it was really small, it was like 1.5 or something like that. Huh. So it was very tiny, but it was like on Rikers Island or somewhere around New York. But the weird thing is, is that these are all kind of like around the same time. So the, like, my, my instant thought, because, you know, us doing the show, <laughs> it's like, OK, could this just be a surface thing? Is this what we're seeing or is there something more behind the scenes? What's it's like going a on? prophecy for 2024? I mean, or it's like, you know, is there some experiment going on in Antarctica that's like creating some weird thing around the world or something? Ben. Always. I know. <laughs> Seems like there is. So, I mean, I just had to ask because it it's just so strange that the, how this happened and how, or just why it happened on New Year's. But yeah, about 55. So far, the death toll is like 55. And I'm sure that's going to go up, sadly. And it has caused, caused widespread destruction and chaos. So they reported there was a more than a dozen earthquakes in the sea of um, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. In the sea of Japan. Um, it's called the Japan Sea. Japan Sea. And it, Ish, Ishia, Ish, Ishikawa. Ishikawa. Yeah. Yeah. Is where, where it happened. And for all of our Japanese friends out there, I am sorry if we butcher any of these names. Disclaimer, we suck at Japanese. Well, I'm probably better at some of the, uh, believe it or not, Asian stuff than I am at, like if it was German, for example. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we're pretty good with the Chinese. The Japanese, not so bad. That's true. Yeah. And then, yeah, anyway, we'll keep going with this. So, yeah, this was um, one of the largest earthquakes that Japanese had. But I thought, 
I thought the one in 2012, um, was it Fukushima, uh, where, where it hit? And I thought that was bigger, but I guess this one, it, it roughly was the same size, 7.6. I think context has a lot to do with it, like depending on where the earthquake hits and so many other factors as to how destructive it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's see, where, what does it say? Does it say how big it was? Yeah, there's a lot of 9.0. Yeah, I mean, that that's way, way crazier than a 7.6. OK, the largest earthquake in the series of the earthquakes that hit Japan and this for this particular earthquake was 7.6 because there was a whole bunch of them that hit um, at the, around the same time and the largest one. So I, I'm sorry, it wasn't the largest one in Japanese history. It was just the largest one out of the series of earthquakes that hit. So that one was nine. Yeah, I thought that one was massive. The 9.0 man, that that's like, oh, I remember working in the media when that happened and uh, it was so weird. Uh, and then we, we actually knew people that were in that one in Japan um, and th they were Japanese and they seriously thought it was like, I mean, in their minds, it's like, this is the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's like everything is destroyed. And it, it was like, you know, they, they didn't know if it was like just their their city or if like something happened globally, you know. But um, yeah, it was really in all these cases, it's very sad. Um, there was a lot of buildings that collapsed. Yeah. So a few more of these details. Buildings collapse. Fires triggered on the west coast of Japan. Fifty five, as we said earlier, were confirmed dead as of now. The highest tsunami was over one point two meters. That's four feet, which is pretty, pretty freaking high. So over one hundred thousand people across nine prefectures were instructed to evacuate uh, to higher ground. You know, uh, tsunami. Yeah, you have to like get up. Uh, higher elevation so the tsunamis don't get you you know what's really weird it, what's and that? i just thought of this california had a really had a rogue wave kind of recently too within the last like couple weeks it was just people on the beach and all of a sudden this rogue wave they that called happened, it that's been happening in california too that's what i'm saying like yeah so from tremors or something or something else going on it just seems to me like this is too... Well, tsunamis occur when there's earthquakes in the ocean or yeah. in that area, right? Right. So, or when you have top secret government stuff doing things that they shouldn't be. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but, you know, that that was actually one of the... Uh, and one of the things that... that uh, when Steve, Dr. Stephen Greer came out, one of the testimonials that he had from... Uh, actual military guy they were saying that they were doing studies in antarctica which caused the christchurch earthquake at the time with what they were doing so yeah so i don't know i mean i'm not trying to say that there's any connection here it's just you know all this stuff is very strange to say the least but and for those of you that don't i mean stephen greer he's you know he there's a lot of documentaries about him and um he's very prominent in the, in the ufology community. So, so yeah, these tsunami, so these tsunami warnings were down, downgraded to an advisory and then removed on Tuesday morning, 35,000 mm -hmm. homes lost power in Iki, Ishikawa and uh, Toyama prefectures to date, the largest earthquake ever recorded 
in the entire world was a magnitude 9.5 on May 22nd, 1960 in Chile, lasting 10 minutes and killing up to 6,000 people. The resulting tsunamis were also reported to have affected Hawaii, Japan, the Philippines, New Zealand, and Australia. Wow. Well, and in other news, um, before we get into more of the the culture of Japan, planes collided and caught fire at Japan's busy Haneda Airport, killing five. Hundreds were evacuated. Dude, I I don't... Something going on in Japan? So weird. Super weird. Is there a video, Lindsay? I think it's just like a, a plane, and I don't I don't think I don't know if they know what happened or not. Dude, that is crazy. Wow. Yeah. What the heck? Look at that. I didn't think like planes could catch on fire like this. There's a lot of that is, yeah, that's, that is, uh, that was something that kind of surprised me too when I was watching this and how it happened. I don't know, a lot of weird things going on <laughs> already. Uh, 2024 doesn't look like it's a great start so far. <laughs> so let's see <laughs> what happens. Could this be worse than 2020? We'll find out. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these things, intense weather also is in definitely part of Japan's history, and so are their legends. But have you guys heard of the Colonel Sanders curse? Why is Kentucky Fried Chicken wielding power over the Japanese people? I really want to know this. Well, let's <laughs> dive into this bizarre legend and check it out. Yeah, so let's see. Okay, so this all started in 1985. It was the Hanshin um, Tigers baseball team, and they won. They won like the whole. They won their game or whatever. And I guess fans in Japan, uh, there's like certain rituals that they do in Japan that they don't. They don't think about over here. And they always. So whoever wins, they like go and dive into this river, the uh, Dokenbori River. Yes. And they sing songs for each player in the entire roster as well. So that year in 1985, a fan who resembled each player was then pulled from the crowd, given the honor of the, what is it? What did you call it? Dotenbori. Dive. When when that player's song was sung. So each each person that kind of represented that player would jump into the river and it was like a big thing. And there was a player named Randy Bass who, who, uh, I think that's who Lynn's okay. Yeah. I guess if he had a, if he had a, a hat on and his beard was a little bit more white, he kind of resembled Colonel Sanders maybe, but for some reason they were like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw in the statue, uh, the Colonel Sanders statue that was in front of the, um, KFC and they threw that in the water. Well, they're like, oh, we'll get it the next day. And then next day, they never found it. (laughs) Colonel Sanders disappeared, (laughs) but his spirit haunted the Japanese. That's what they think. And so get this for the next 18 years, uh, they they weren't able to uh, win a penance. They finally won it after 18 years. But then the curse continued because they never won the, the whole series. 
So in 2009, divers discovered the, the statue in the river, but it was missing its glasses and the left hand. And the curse continued. Oh, girdle. So it really wasn't until last year that they finally broke the 38 year long curse and they they won the World Series in game seven for the first time ending this 38 year curse. And then when they won, they had a fan dress up as Colonel Sanders and then he was thrown in the river. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess it wasn't at least it wasn't Colonel Sanders himself, but well, I mean, so they they actually believe that the ghost of Colonel Sanders, because he was angry at them for throwing their his statue in in the river, uh, haunted the team for 38 years. Maybe until some people in Japan were worshiping the statue and it gained some energy and they threw it in. It wasn't happy. And the curse, you know, just took over. You know? I mean, they do that in Japan. They worship weird statues there some in some places. True, they do. <laughs> what does the colonel have to do with fried chicken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good question. Yeah, so to be clear, it was so it was only 18 years that the curse broke when they won the pennant, but not the World Series. It took 38 years. So they won it in 18 or 1985, and then they didn't win it again until last year. So they believe that the curse was finally broken last year. At least it's not as bad as the Cubs. But then again, wasn't the Back to the Future too all predicted? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they almost won in 2015. There's other curses there too, though, like the the Kleenex commercial curse. Yes, people. So yeah, people thought that the commercial uh, unnerving music was a German curse. <laughs> Rumors about the cast and crew were circulated that some died on the set and that the actress bore a demon child. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine day, people open windows. This song is so popular in the 90s. And, like, they look at the sky. It's this going to be a fine night tonight. <laughs> this is such a weird commercial. It looks like <laughs> the Green Giant's baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people, and this is a lot of the Japanese people were freaked out about this commercial. And, and they called it a baby ogre. And then this woman. It makes no sense for one thing. I think they were just trying to do this weird art thing and the Japanese people freaked out. <laughs> there was rumors that that actress died, but uh, she's still alive. So, <laughs> Well, she definitely uh, bore a demon child. Yeah, hopefully she did not. Well, hey, guys, our uh, holiday sale is being extended through the end of this week. So don't miss your chance to save 25% off on a yearly subscription. That comes out to just $7 a month, less than a couple cups of coffee. Uh, yeah, it was doing uh, well. So we wanted to kind of just continue it for another week. And um, yeah, so back to Colonel Sanders. This Colonel Sanders curse is, you know, pretty funny and, and light. But when it comes to... The cryptids of Japan. That's when it gets serious. Did you know that there are reportedly dogmen and evil dragon dragons lurking there? Um, 
We'll talk about that next, right before our trailer. After. Right after the trailer. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Seafaring voyagers traverse the vast seas, sailing for distant lands, lost treasure, ferocious sea beasts, and new worlds beyond the old. But what if their searches across the ocean surface miss truths that lie much deeper? What secrets hide in the Bermuda Triangle? Why do octopuses exhibit an ethereal intelligence we can't quite explain? Are sightings of the Kraken and giant squids more than mere stories? Some creatures have been found to not just survive, but to thrive at depths and conditions we never thought possible. Which begs the question, what has been written off in history as imaginings or myths that may actually be pointing to other dimensions, alien worlds, or fantastic beings that aren't supposed to exist? Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. Mm. <laughs> cryptids of the abyss. That was a good one. It was. You guys can find that on our Rise.TV um, platform along with all the other uh, shows that we've produced. A couple hundred now. So. <laughs> and the seas so yeah we have a whole series on the seas on um all kinds of cryptids that that we we made as well videos on those cryptids and like Loch Ness Monster so really good stuff I just made a new um Loch Ness Monster t-shirt I've been working on some new t-shirts um actually and I'll have to show you guys at some point in this episode that would be cool all right. I was just trying to. OK, so, you know, the Japanese, they, they use this term Jin or N, um, J-I-N and it. Yeah, Jin. Yeah, I always think it means like monster, but it's more of like. I think it's kind of hard to translate because some some translate it as a, a, like a divine force. So maybe it depends on the nature of like what Jin is like. So so like. For example, this human-faced dog, or what we would kind of refer to as dogmen, is known as Jinmen Kin. Hmm. So this is the Japanese version of the dogmen. And th this is like very common in Japan. They actually have a lot of cryptids in Japan. That was, it was like something that I didn't realize, like how many <laughs> there really are. And different, all different kinds, too. I have found every local place possible whether it be a state in our country, mm -hmm. different countries, different um, native tribes, they all have their own series of cryptids. And a lot of times there's overlap. The ones in Japan are very interesting, though. Like this thing that you're, you're talking about, like a human-faced dog. I've never even heard of that. Is that like some wacky Japanese experiment? You know? 
Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, there's supposed to be dogs with human faces that are said to appear at night in urban, excuse me, in urban areas. They're able to run along highways at extremely high speeds, which allows them to overtake cars and then look back at drivers with their human faces. It's really weird. They can talk, but prefer to be left alone. (laughs) (laughs) So people in the chat are saying, yeah, like Jen is like a, like genie. Um, you know, maybe that's where the word genie really comes from. Also known as like a smoke spirit, smoke spirit. Um, yeah. Okay. That's yes. This is where it gets confusing because there's the D I or D J I N N. That's from the middle East though. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I thought. That's what I thought was from the genie. Um, so there's different, there's different because like the Japanese is just the, oh yeah, it's kind of all the same though, I guess, depending on, uh, yeah, the, the, the Arabic and then the Japanese version of it too. And Islam. So it's all really like gen genies, all these kind of folk creatures, spirits. Um, they're also known as like, like for, for the, for example, the Japanese, especially in the religion of the Shinto, they they believe that rocks, trees, waterfalls all have their own spirit with these things. So, um, so if you see a, like, that's why they, they talk about the river spirit a lot. And especially if you look at the Japanese animation videos, um, from like studio Ghibli and whatnot, they, they, they really bring these out a lot in, in those, um, in those movies. Yeah. Um, Ben, what did you, I just what out of curiosity, did you do anything fun for the new year? Um, totally. Uh, not, I mean, I just kind of filled out a little bit. Yeah. I just went up to St. Petersburg just at this event. It wasn't, it was that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, um, I had a, I had a, a friend over uh, uh-huh. a couple of friends over and, um, we all hung out on uh new year's Eve and we, you know, it was just like, we just talked about crazy stuff all night. That's like, that's like my idea of like a new year's party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my, my friend, his name is Mason. He grew up in Washington state and he was telling me this story about when he and his friends, they were in high school or maybe it was like college or something. They're, they're all like going to a car after a party together. Right. And they see this like super disturbing figure in the woods and like all of them saw it. And he looked over and he sees this rabbit with antlers mm. and, and it like, it just felt really, really wrong. And he was like, are you guys seeing this? And they were like, yeah. yeah. And they were like, let's get the hell out of here because it looked really freaky. It was a jackalope. <laughs> That's what I was going to say like rabbit with antlers. Isn't that a jackalope? Though? Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I've though. never heard anyone like personally tell me a story of seeing a jackalope before. And then I was like, now I got to make another T-shirt. I don't know if I have or not the jackalope. It's like, what is not in Washington State? That's the question, you know. <laughs> uh, honest people. No, I'm just <laughs> no Washington. Washington State. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Washington D.C. Yeah, it's like it Washington, is. Like these are all no. like these. Um, Dude, yeah, Washington know. D.C. has so many crazy things. Or I'm sorry, not 
sorry, Washington State. State, yeah. So many, uh, yeah, really crazy. So taxidermists have had a, a lot of fun putting antlers on on these rabbits, but like what he saw was these like you know long ears and this like it just felt all wrong, like it, evil in nature, you know, a lot less cute than this. <laughs> like one of those like evil rabbits like from the I, I mean maybe I, could, could it be just at night and you just saw maybe it was just like I mean look, hey, anything's possible but I'll I must remind you it is Washington state and every true. kind of cryptid is there it's like that that is true that is they, true they have like but like bigfoot bat squatch pterodactyls thunderbirds like you name it it's all weird there you know yeah that is really interesting yeah, I mean, and like, well, good. Getting back to this, this um, Jinmenkin, like the dog face thing. Unfortunately, there's no photos, but I mean, a lot of there's a lot of stories that you know people have seen this in Japan. But it makes me wonder with like the Rugalu and Dogmen, this thing. There's a, there's other um, cultures around the world that that talk about these like Dogmen kind of beings. And on the Piri Reese map, actually, that's one of the things that that it shows is these upright walking dog figures, but they're walking on their hind legs. And that's the map that's from like the 1600s, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then it actually shows, uh, uh, and part of Antarctica and like animals on in Antarctica. And obviously it's not frozen. So it's also really strange, but it makes me wonder if these are all the same the same thing that people are seeing, but you know, like the Rugolo doesn't have like a human face. So these specifically are the ones of human faces. So yeah, that that's, uh, yeah, I think that's what, not, not that, not the thing with the face on the chest, but that right there, that's supposed to be yeah. one of the dogmen right it's there. It's like a wolf thing, but also, you know, Herodotus talked about this group of men that could, that would for a week every year or six months or whatever it was would turn into wolves like five stars bipedal wolves from my understanding mm -hmm. yeah which is weird it is Herodotus <laughs> was like i don't believe it but he swears it's true yeah and my, my and like i've, I've shared the, the story before but like my brother he'd seen he saw the the rugaloo uh in um louisiana when they were there there's a lot of yeah lot yeah of and, and you know at first he was really shocked and then it just like kind of stood up and you were they were driving and um took off but yeah they were asking people in the area and everyone's like oh yeah you saw that you know it's just like kind of a common thing for people who live in, in not maybe not in the city per se but it's out. like an apparently an hour north of shreveport there's like a whole mess of them Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't want to give much information because people often go looking for these things and it's, <laughs> I don't think it's safe, honestly. Probably not. Especially not in, in Louisiana, because if you're not going to get attacked by a cryptid, you are going to get attacked by a crackhead. So be careful. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. Um, that's why, yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, I, th I think there's, there's certain areas that I, I would like to go to, but then like, I'm kind of worried about what I would, what I would encounter. Like, I know. What are you going to do? No, really? That should yeah. be the question you're going to ask, because like, what are you going to do? Hit it with a taser like that thing is going to be phased. It's going to be like, well, they, they know that you're looking, looking for them as well. So it's also, 
know, they, these from what we know, they're they're highly intelligent. All the a lot of these cryptids that, were, that well, especially uh, when it comes to dragons, which um, I mean, the, this is strange. Usually in Asian culture, you don't have you don't have like many encounters with evil dragons, but in Japan, very much so. This, is, this evil dragon of Lake Ashinoko is really fascinating. So um, obviously this is a mysterious lake. Mount uh, Kamiyama collapsed during an eruption about 3,000 years ago. Uh, a debris avalanche blocked the river and created Lake Ashinoko. Okay, so who is the evil dragon that lived in Lake Ashinoko? According to an ancient legend, villagers were once disturbed by an evil dragon that lived in Lake Ashinoko. The evil dragon of this legend is thought to have been a landslide, which is kind of weird. So a priest prayed for the extermination of the evil dragon that lived in Lake Ashinoko. At that moment, the evil dragon turned into the dragon god or so it is told. Each year, the Lakeside Festival is held to comfort and appease the dragon. But what if there's more to the story? I, I wish we had stuff like this in America, in American culture. Dude, we do. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We do so many places. We have like, like the uh, Tahoe monster. There's yeah, like... but I mean, like they have like a celebration every year for oh, like true. a monster yeah, but... that lives in the lake. You know, but it's you like. Know what? A lot of places do celebrate stuff like Bigfoot, Bigfoot festivals, like over in Ohio, they have like a Bigfoot festival every year. That is true. They didn't like, you just have to know where to look in your local area, you know, probably, I guess maybe you're right. But anyway, back to the story. So Chinese culture as well. There's all these myths and legends and Chinese lakes. And that's true. It's really cool. So yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay, yeah, so back to the story. Uh, Once upon a time at the west side lake of Ashinoko, there lived evil dragons. These evil dragons were violent. They destroyed mountains and villages and also created tsunamis. Villagers went through much suffering from the damages caused. The high priest, Mongan Shonen, was very anxious about these evil dragons' violent and destructive behavior, and he decided to build a shrine called Hakoke Shrine to seek help from the god of Hakone to defeat these evil dragons. Um, Okay, so thereupon... um, Sorry, the shrine was called the Hakone Shrine, excuse me. Thereupon, evil dragons were defeated and forced to clean up their act to become the god of dragon named... Kuzurayu, meaning nine-headed dragon. From then on, Lake Ashinoko was calm and offered many benefits to the villagers. Everyone lived happily ever after, as the story goes. <laughs> so there was other things, too, in this area. Buddha figures were carved from the lava rock. So there's stone statues of Buddha have been made since the 12th century to protect those who travel to Hakone. And the statues are made from the lava of the Hakone volcano. That's pretty cool. Look at that. Very good carvings, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many of like. I, th- I think that's the other the other factor is, too. I mean, what I was saying, oh, I wish there was something like that in America. But then again, it's like we've only been a country for 200 years. Japanese and Chinese have been around for like 5,000 years. 
it's like there's a lot more history there. And yeah, I think we're doing a pretty good job with our like yeah. weird lore. I mean, think about all the Bigfoot shows that we have and people looking for like the Tahoe monster, Loch Ness, like all. Yeah, I know it's true. And, and like this stuff actually has been in, in a part of American history or American or Native American culture. Yeah. For way longer than for sure. Yeah. I mean, they've they've talked about Bigfoot and American Native American culture and for so long. Um, this is a cool episode on the Tahoe Sea Monster. If you guys want more information on that and lost underwater cities, this was a really fun episode. Yeah. John yeah. remote views it, too, which is pretty cool. And he talks about like the the tunnel system and stuff like that. But Ben, you know, these dragons in Japan, they actually got some on camera, like these red dragons in Japan. Well, I think these were from China, actually. Wait, are they? Yeah, the ones that were about ready oh, to I'm show. Sorry, China, you're right. Yeah, so so in China, like I I was looking in Japan, but but I did find some. L Lindsay, can you can you? Okay, this is where this building just all of a sudden caught on fire. It looked like out of nowhere. Look at that thing flying over it. What is that? Yes. And the weird thing is, it's what? caught. Yeah, it's caught in multiple angles too. That's the crazy part about this. <laughs> so if you look on the left. Dude, that felt like Godzilla minus one or something. Yeah, I mean, oh, crazy. They, they said it was like some, I forget what happened here exactly. It was like an explosion in in this um, facility. I think it was like a power facility or something like that. But it just is so weird how it's like the fire starts in the outside mm -hmm. of it, like kind of out of nowhere. And then you saw that like, thing flying over that first. Yeah. Building. Yeah. There's this. And like I said, that thing that you're seeing right there on the left, it, it's in multiple or images of, uh, of videos of this. It's Lindsay, can you rewind a little bit uh, to where the. Yeah. OK. And now close up. Is, can you close up on the area where that thing is flying? See it. What the heck? Yeah, that right there. And it comes over the building. And some people thought, okay, maybe this is edited. I mean, it, it could be. Okay, fast forward to the other but, one where you can see the, the thing. The thing flying. is, it's in multiple videos. That's what's crazy about it. Sorry, that, that one's like horizontal. No, the next one. It's the next one after this. Here. Look, yeah. See that thing flying over there on the left? Yeah. What is that? That might be smoke, but see, I mean, oh, that's dude. No, no, no. The thing on the man. left side of the go back a little the left side there. There's a big thing Wait. over that left building. See it? that? I mean, I'm thinking it's like smoke or debris, that big thing, but it's the small thing in the back that right there. What? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's like it looks kind of small and it's just this like black little thing and it looks like it flies up after what you're saying goes over it. So anyway, th th there's a lot of speculation that, that something like that, but, but seeing dragons in China is kind of a common thing. Actually, there's a lot, there's a lot of forms and people talking about it. Chinese people talking about it. it, it it's like, if you said 
you saw a dragon flying over, if you were in China, people wouldn't look at you like you're crazy. They, they actually are like, well, yeah, that, 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 that happens. That happens. It seems That's a like. Thing. So, you know, and again, it's like, I don't know. And then the, the, the question is, if this really is a dragon, did it create that fire or is the fire like some kind of burst of plasma energy from it, like coming in and out of some other dimension or something, you know, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it was think. already, you could see it flying. It's yeah. Likely, true. It, was, it was doing something. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty, pretty cool stuff to say the least anyway. And there's so much more with, with the Japanese folklore with, with a lot of these, like it's, it's kind of like, um, it reminded me of, of Scotland, like every, every lake, in scotland or every you know the locks in in scotland all have different stories of a monster creature similar to nessie and it, it's kind of similar to the japanese legends as well like every lake kind of has its own folk lore to it you know it seems like and um a lot of different creatures and everything what was the you remember the video that we showed last year that was like the guy mis accidentally took it from his drone and he you could see the outline of the of the like oh, yeah. where was that loch ness that was in loch ness yes it was that was actually in loch ness yeah yeah it was i think it was like uh richard richard outdoors or something was the channel and they took the video down and it was a 20 minute video and he was just talking about being outdoors and they were going they're at Loch Ness and then he was just talking about different camping equipment and they just had a drone and right in the water you it looks like a clear the clearest picture I've ever seen of Nessie right and we we actually have it on our um yeah we we talk that's the one we talk about a lot on the Loch Ness monster sighting but there was also different creatures that washed up in the United States that look like Nessie <laughs> And, uh, it, it, it uh, scientists like, you know, these scientists did come out and say, yes, this is a real creature, but it was like a basking shark. They said, and it's like, dude, that's definitely not a basking shark, but you know, that photo that was on that thumbnail, the really famous one of, um, the Loch Ness monster, mm -hmm. um, that was taken by a guy named Robert Wilson in 1934. If you guys didn't know. Yeah. And unfortunately that one turned out to be faked. They say that it's a hoax, that yeah. it was some type of submarine thing and he put a little head on it. But, you know, the more that I look into those things, the I'm, I'm willing to accept it's a hoax, by the way. I really am. But a lot of times when this stuff comes out, they make people say that it's a hoax. Yeah, it was, uh, it was hard to tell with this. Stuff, right. You know? I, I forget who came out. I think it was the photographer that actually came out years later or something. Said, I remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Support hoax. But um, but it, they did it because so many people were reported seeing the creature there that but but I mean, that, but it, but, you know, whether it's like a hoax or not, it, it did spark a whole massive industry you know with these cryptids and everything especially loch ness monster and um tourism and everything and so many people have now said they've seen nessie so it's kind of cool 
But all right, you guys, we're going to we're going to show another trailer and we get back. We have some of the history of the geisha history that you probably didn't know about. And then we, uh, of course, have Mount feet, the mysterious Mount Fiji. So Fuji, Fuji. I said Fuji, Fiji, Fiji, Fuji. I meant Fuji. Fiji is the water. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Fuji. Thank you. <laughs> Less than a mile from shore, the Loch Ness Monster was spotted. The Iverness Courier newspaper reported in 1933. There, the creature disported itself, rolling and plunging for fully a minute, its body resembling that of a whale, and the water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron. Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that there was something uncanny about the whole thing, for they realized that here was no ordinary denizen of the depths, because apart from its enormous size, the beast taking the final plunge sent out waves that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer. Are Loch Ness Monster sightings real? Do beasts lie beneath the waves of the sea? Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. All right, you guys. <laughs> well, welcome back. Um, okay. Well, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about, we have geishas left, and then we also have um, Mount uh, Fuji. So let's see. Well, I, I figured since we're still kind of talking about the cryptids and the mysterious stuff, why don't we, why don't we just dive into Mount Fuji first? And um, so Mount Fuji is the highest mountain and the most famous mountain in Japan. So, of course, like everybody kind of knows about it. Ancient texts say that there are many times of eruption recorded, but no fatal cases recorded. It's kind of, uh, kind mm. of a fascinating fact there. Um, there have been no eruptions since 1707. It's the longest long time. Yeah, the longest silence and its history, which is kind of scary because if that thing erupted, I don't even know what would happen. Um, also, it makes you wonder like in pre history or even like the great flood or something like what the landscape might've looked like. And I'm sure a lot of monks went to the mountain during, during the great flood, you know, so goddess of fire, um, its name, Fuji, is believed to be derived from Huchi or Fuchi, which are the words of the, uh, I, okay, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to say this wrong. Aino peoples, goddess of fire. It's A-I-N-O. So that's kind of, that's really interesting. Fuchi that's interesting is too, because the, I I know people. I think it's I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think it might be I know. Yeah, it's like the the 
does every volcano have a god or a goddess there? Because it's like in in um, sorry Hawaii, it's like Pele, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like don't get them mad or something will right. happen. <laughs> Which is uh, yeah. So it was also believed that women weren't allowed to climb um, Fuji San, um, and San actually means mountain in both Japanese and Chinese until the 1860s because legends say the fire goddess would be jealous of any woman <laughs> which sounds a lot like pele yeah yeah actually it does yeah and we have the um so the birth of mount fuji one famous tale about the creation of mount fuji is a folklore about a woodsman who was awakened by a loud noise and thought there was an earthquake when he checked near his house, he saw that in the land that used to be flat appeared a mountain. The woodsman was so amazed by the mountain's mysterious existence that he called it Fujiyama, or the never dying mountain. So hmm. actually, there's there's a lot of restaurants called Fujiyama. Now I know what that means. Mm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of interesting in itself. And yeah, but, but we haven't even gotten into the Fuji suicide forest yet. No, we have not. It's home to a lot of deities whose shrines are all over Japan. Yeah, and, and when it comes to supernatural events, Japan really does take the cake. Have you ever heard the dark tales of Mount Fuji's suicide forest? Why is the famous volcano said to be haunted by restless spirits? Well, here it is. Um, the Okigahara Forest, also known as the Sea of Trees, 30 kil kilometers and 12 square miles of hardened lava from Fuji's last erup eruption in 18, oh, sorry, in 864 AD. So that's 864 AD. Uh, um, yeah, since the, um, I guess the 50s or 60s, an unsettling number of people have chosen this forest as the location for their final moments. It now has a reputation as one of the world's most used suicide sites. Certain places are imbued with spiritual energy, according to Japanese folklore. This forest is one of those places. Vengeful spirits and haunting demons are supposedly in the forest. I'm sure they are, too. I know. Magnetic field anomaly. It disrupts compasses and makes navigation wow. challenging. Uh, Ubasute was possibly practiced there uh, into the 19th century. Infirm or elderly, listen to this, infirm or elderly relatives were carried there and left to die. Jeez. The forest is reportedly haunted by their spirits now. Mm. Yeah, it has got creepy vibes. I mean, you can feel it when you look at that photo. <sighs> I probably would still venture into it, though. <laughs> Yeah, you know, at least during the day. Just make sure it's day and, you know, still be careful. Yeah, and film whatever I can uh I can film yeah. on that. But I can't imagine how how Yeah, you know, it's so it's so weird because sometimes you go in forests and the energy is so like you have just a really awesome feeling and vibe from the whole place then you go into other forests and it's like the exact opposite where you just feel like constantly things are watching you I and know. it's like something's behind you. 
And, and it's like some, like even certain for like, I don't usually like to be at night. Well, especially by myself in forests, but there's some of them that I can like, no problem. And I just walk around and I just feel so safe. And it's like, like, it's like a blanket. Yeah. And then other ones, like even during the day, I wouldn't want to be in alone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's just, it's just so interesting to, to really think about and, and wonder like what happened in these locations in these places. So. Yeah, it's like someone said in the chat, some forests are magical and then others are the exact opposite. Mm. All right. So, yeah, so legends and stories are deeply ingrained in Japanese culture, but their deep transitions go far back. Traditions go also go far back in history, just like the geisha performers who you may not know rub elbows with some of the most elite members of society. And a lot of people think like kind of it's it's funny because people that don't know what a geisha is, I think some people associate it with like prostitution, but it's actually far from that. I think that it's gotten twisted or something like, you know, it it's probably like it's more likely that some of the prostitutes dress up like them just to make it, you know, more like desirable for you know their victims so to speak Mm -hmm. yeah because it actually in the past it was a very um like you had to train for a very very long time like japanese professional performers who entertain men at business parties and tea houses i mean but back in the day this was like for the emperor and and they would perform the the elite like the lords and the yeah um, of the clans and stuff yeah i mean and they would train for for years like they would start young and go through a massive train uh, training from everything from flower arranging performing tea ceremonies calligraphy um elaborate dances uh all of that um well and there was even some like prerequisite that they had to meet like they would they would review whether or not they moved in certain ways and had what it took to become a geisha Mm-hmm. And then if they didn't, they were thrown out. And if they did, they could continue their training. Yeah. And I know like most families actually wanted their daughters to do this. And well, yeah, because uh, they because they could sell them. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, like that's the yeah. truth. They would sell them for a lot of money and they'd become geishas. Yeah. yeah and th- I mean, they, they were, you know, given a place to live. They, they, they went through all the training. They were fed, you know, clothed, all of it. Um, in the 1920s, there were up to 80,000 geishas in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah. And now there's like 80. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the heck? Well, a few thousand in the late 20th century. I mean, I think it's a practice that that they just don't do anymore because it takes years to do it. And well, only too, like yeah. you, the, the elites of Japanese society still partake in this particular part of their culture. And like, you can't just go in like they if you went over to Japan, one of these elite members who have, you know, partaken in this for thousands of years would have to invite you there in order for you to be able to take part in it. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Right. And now it's, you know, I, I mean, now it could be very different. It could just be, you know, now it's just, I'm sure it's more of like a job. Um, it, in, unless it's like, you know, they, they seriously go through the classes and the training. No, the, the geishas do. Right. It's, yeah, they still do. Taken very seriously yeah. that part. I'm sure it's more superficial now to some extent, but 
it like apparently the training is still very rigorous and they're trying yeah. to hold on to that part of their tradition. And, and they're, uh, and it's, they're absolutely, they're not related to, to prostitution at all. And people think that what got confused was that there were prostitutes dressed up as geishas to please businessmen and everything over and over time. It kind of got confused on who's who, but they didn't go through the f official training as the real geisha people went through. And, um, and of course it's way more elegant and, um, you know, and the, the main, the main purpose was really to provide, um, uh, chick inverse, sorry, cheek entertainment for the highest end of society. Cheap entertainment. Chic, chic sorry. Chick I sounded like you said chic. chick entertainment. Yeah, and I was chick. like, what movies have you been watching Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you could say the same thing there. So, and then the woman professionals who train new gate. Well, we're saying geishas. It's, it's hard because in Japanese they, they actually don't have plural for words, you know? So, in English, it sounds funny to say just singular geishas or saying geishas, but technically it's not right. But anyway, the women professionals who train the new geisha will tell right away if a young girl has what it takes. It is extremely hard to be a geisha, so not all make it all the way through. There was that movie that came out, too, I think in the 2000s somewhere called Geisha. I think or mem memoir, memoirs, memoirs of, yeah, memoirs yeah. of a Geisha or something. I never saw that, though, but I heard it was pretty good. It's like one of those movies like where the crawdads sing. Like those are definitely marketed towards women and it's not something any man should probably watch. <laughs> yeah, this is whine and cry the whole time. <laughs> isn't that based on a book from a woman is, who really did become a geisha yeah yeah it is actually it's mm -hmm. still not a movie any man well would ever purposely go see unless their loving wife forced them or yeah or yeah there was i'm somebody. totally making generalizations here <laughs> <laughs> i never saw it myself but <laughs> i have not either and i'm proud to say it Sort of like with some of these movies, you know, where people are like, have you ever seen this movie? And you're like, no, I haven't. I really haven't. <laughs> well, okay. There's a couple more we could actually, we have, we have a few, a few more minutes. Okay. Here. I got to tell this story of yeah, the Akamanto. Yes. This is the red cloak in Jap Japanese, um, the Akamanto. So this is hilarious and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Japanese urgent legend about a masked spirit who wears a red cloak and who appears to people using toilets in public or school bathrooms. And now, if you didn't think that was funny enough, wait, because it's actually going to get kind of scary. <laughs> the story is that the spirit will ask if they want red paper or blue paper, choosing well, the red... To toilet paper, I guess, toilet paper. I guess I guess but yeah. that it is. It doesn't specify. It must be yeah. toilet paper. Choosing the red <laughs> option results in fatal lacerations or flaying, while choosing the blue option results in strangulation or all of the individual's blood being drained from their body. Nice. Picking a color which has not been offered leads to the individual being dragged to an underworld or hell, and in some accounts, choosing yellow results in the person's head being pushed into the toilet in order to survive <laughs> this terrifying cryptid. You must ignore the spirit or reject both options and flee. 
<laughs> while you're trying to pull your pants up and run like the wind. Yeah, I guess I have to say, yeah, we don't have an urban legend for spirits that visit you in the bathroom. So I'm kind of jealous right now. Mm. We need we need one of these. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny because we, we were talking about Brian Schaefer Schaffer in one of our um, episodes about the missing persons. He's the one who disappeared in Columbus, Ohio. And I think in 2006, and I was like living right in that area when he disappeared. But I was talking to a friend of mine and he couldn't remember the name of it, but this is what he was saying. He was like, maybe he went into the bathroom and there was like this in one of the Asian cultures. There's this like urban legend about this thing that shows up and will like eat you or something like that. And then I think this is what he was exactly what he was talking like, about. Imagine. So, can you imagine you're like sitting there in the stall and then you see this like red cloak figure appear below the stall and it's like <laughs> red, red or, or blue, red or the blue. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're like, uh, brown. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to pull your pants off. Of yeah. You like running like, out of there. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so there's another one, the Kuchisake Ona. This is actually terrifying. So was the Joker inspired, inspired by a Japanese spirit? A woman with a mutilated mouth partially covers her face with a mask and reportedly carries a sharp tool of some kind, such as a knife or a pair, large pair of scissors. She will ask potential victims if, if they think she is attractive. If you respond with no, she will kill you with her weapon. If you say yes, she will then reveal that the corners of her mouth have been slit from ear to ear. So she'll pull the mask down and the corners of her mouth have been slit ear to ear. Then she cuts the victim's mouth to mimic her disfigurement. If the individual again responds that she is unattractive or if they scream in fright, she will kill them with her weapon. So attempting to flee the Kuchisake Ona will also result in death to survive an encounter with her. It is said that individuals may answer her question with a response that confuses her, describing her appearance as average, <laughs> her with money or hard candy or saying the word pomade three times. Why pomade? I have no idea. Like you pomade, you need to use pomade. Use some pomade. <laughs> use some pomade. Um, I, I I was gonna like. Let's see here. So I was trying to find like a, a nicer image. There's some really scary images of this thing. <laughs> so, so this is this is this is more of a nicer. I mean, Lindsay pulled up the Joker not so long ago, but. I'm like, okay, but yeah, I have to admit some of them are pretty scary. So just remember to say she's beautiful no matter what. <laughs> no, if you say she's beautiful, she kills you. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. And if, if you, you said respond she... with, uh, yeah. So if you respond with yes, she will then reveal that the corners of her mouth have been slid from ear to ear. Then she cuts the victim's mouth to mimic her. Oh, that. Okay. I'm sorry. And if you respond with no, she will kill you. So you literally have to stand there and listen to her yeah. and just go pomade, pomade, <laughs> pomade. <laughs> or just try to think for a long time on yes or no while you're contemplating how to leave. Like, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. Right. Give me, give me an hour to think about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we got this last one. What is this? Kun Kenukune. Kenakune, okay. 
So distant apparitions uh, seen on widely extended rice or barley fields on hot summer days. It's called a wriggling body. So kune kune uh, is called, it's actually, the translation is wriggling body. So a kune kune refers to an indiscernible white object similar in appearance to a tall slender strip of paper or a textile sheet that shimmers and wriggling as if moved by wind wind even on windless days according to the legend anyone who tries to get a closer look at it is driven insane or dies when touching it early reports of the kune kune appeared on several websites simultaneously that's weird that is weird yeah. yeah, it makes you want. I mean, there's so many of these legends. It makes you really wonder if like something really happened, or if you know certain people just started having some kind of mental issues or going insane, and so they just made this up. Or weird that it appeared all actually the experiencing time. these things. Would you yeah. say? Oh, I'm sorry. It just it's weird that it appeared all at the same time and and like in different places. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. bizarre. That is true. That is true. Well, you guys, it's about time to leave. But um, remember, you can find us on social media under Rise TV Official. Um, also, you can find Rob Counts, myself, Ben Chastine on social media as well. So we're going to leave Rumble, Facebook, Conjuring World, Twitter, and everywhere else. Or X. I keep saying Twitter, but really it's called X now. And we're going to head over to Rise.TV. So join us for... Um, just $7 a month with our holiday sale to support our work. Um, of course, every Tuesday or every live show we do, you get to ask your questions during the or during our live chat. And also don't forget that your support lets us do these deep dives and bring you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. So we're going to jump over, have our live Q&A and also our meditation slash prayer that we do every Tuesday. So come over and join us at rise.tv all right yeah thanks you guys and we'll uh we'll see you over there on rise from a haunted doll that won't go away to the mysterious disappearance of a college student from the infamous stanley hotel to a message in a tombstone there's plenty to keep you up at night so sit back grab a friend and huddle up by the campfire because these stories will chill you to the bone. In this episode of Edge of Wonder, join us as we get spookier and peer into the paranormal world. Our world is full of mysteries, unexplained phenomena, metaphysical encounters, and of course, divine miracles that can't be explained. And they might just leave you frozen in fear, like our first mystery on the list, the Haunted Elsa doll. 